Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. It's time now for our regional roundup. Today, we're doing a bit of a throwback to some of the biggest headlines that came out from the region over the past year and maybe what to expect in 2023. On the line with us is Dr. Felix Tan, political observer, Nanyang Technological University. Good morning, sir. Hi, good morning, Elliot. Top headlines of the year from around the region. Malaysia tops the list. Has to be, right? Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim, he's probably got more challenges heading into 2023. I mean, for me, it's a case of what can he do to prove himself worthy? Because Dr. M, the previous PM, has come out to say, "Ah, no real confidence in Mr. Anwar's leadership. Mm, I think this animosity between Dr. Mahathir Mohamad and Anwar Ibrahim has never really ceased uh, uh, since like the 1990s. I think uh, uh, someone needs to have to find a closure somewhere. But I think <laughs> there, there would be a few things that Anwar Ibrahim would have to do to prove you know, that he is indeed good enough for this role. I mean, he has been waiting for this role for almost 24 years. Yeah. I think, you know, so it's been a long time coming. But, you know, firstly, we have to, you know, he, well, at least he has ensured that Malaysia's economy is somewhat stabilizing, you know, especially in, an, in the midst of an impending recession in yeah. 2023. I think everyone's been talking about that. So uh, I think that is something that is first on the agenda. And secondly, I think welfare of the Malaysians, I think he would need to reassure that Malaysians from all walks of life and all of the different races, uh, but, you know, especially so uh, it's his, his Malay constituents, that there are enough and sufficient measures and policies in place to help them in the coming, you know, years. Uh, I think that is very important. And I think certainly uh, to stabilize uh, the infighting that might uh, come to the fore in the coming months. I think that is uh, one thing uh, many people are very worried about, that even this unity government, there is a sense that, you know, they are being held on for, you know, common interest uh, for the time being. Mm, And it's been a long time coming. I mean, when you consider in the back of the last election, there really needs to be some form of stability for a country where there is an emerging young generation that's hungry for work. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. I, I think if you look at it in Malaysia, especially in the recent elections where the, the, the age group have actually gone yeah, down to, yeah. I mean, to 18. And I think uh, that sends a, a, a message to the politicians in Malaysia that this group is not to be trifled with, you know, not to be missed out. I think it's very important to include them in any conversation uh, in, in Malaysia. And I think that is very important. Mm, I like the way you put that. Okay, let's talk about Indonesia. Of course, they are taking over as ASEAN chair for 2023. What can we expect from them, especially when you consider that they've got a presidential election in 2024? Mm-mm. I think Indonesia is uh, well positioned to take over the ASEAN chair in 2023. I mean, they have been doing this for many years. I think one important thing is that we need to look at how uh, Indonesia has rather successfully hosted the G20 summit yeah. uh, early, a, a couple of months ago. And I think uh, that that sends a, a huge message and confidence to the region that you know Indonesia is is able to step up for this job. I think uh, I think Indonesia has already said that it aims to build institutional capacity and effectiveness in ASEAN to ensure you know, faster growth, inclusivity and economic sustainability of the region. I think uh, uh, that is the norm, you know, that ASEAN has to continue to do. But I think uh, uh, what is important right now is uh, the elephant in the room. And that will certainly be Myanmar. I think 
The previous two ASEAN chairs, you know, namely Brunei and Cambodia, has already seen that they are unable to resolve this matter. Yeah. And I think uh, there must be some form of progress eventually. And I think this this time round when uh, Indonesia takes over, we might see some resolution of sorts. But I think importantly, they would need to include the military junta. They can't keep on yeah. moving and thinking that they cannot, you know, that they can stop including the, the military junta in any conversation moving forward to resolve this crisis there. Mm. Quite an interesting situation, as since you mentioned the problem with regard to Myanmar. I mean, it has been setting a bit of a legacy for himself trying to be mediator this year, his final year. Could we perhaps see him do something about it or take a prominent role? Uh, there's also that, and, and, and you know, just to talk about that potential presidential election in 2024, maybe, uh, I don't know, candidates that need to rise to prominence might also try to take some kind of a lead here. Is that possible? I, I think uh, it's definitely important for President Widodo to go out uh, at least end of 2023 with a big bang. You know, he wants to leave a legacy yeah. to his name. I mean, uh, all the other presidents have left a, a, some sort of a legacy to their name. So I think, you know, it wouldn't be any different in this instance. And I think so far, you know, President Widodo has done uh, a great work for Indonesia. And I think this won't be any different. So he's going to leave it with, uh, with, with some achievement of sorts. I think the other candidates there, or at least potential candidates, we have, you know, for example, Prabowo Subianto. Mm. And uh, he's been running for all the elections, like uh, in the last two elections, although he has lost and defeated. But I think there has been talk around town that, you know, if he runs again this time, he might get a little bit more support from some of the bigger bigger political parties. And I think we'll see that, you know, he he might get himself involved somewhat uh, in a political field or in, 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 in Indonesia. I think secondly, there's also Ganja Pranowo. And, you know, he is part of also the PDIP where Jokowi is from. And uh, he stands a very good chance. Uh, there are a lot of support for him. He's, he's a secularist, a nationalist. Uh, and, you know, his, so his, his, his popularity, or, or so to speak, it cuts across the whole of Indonesia. Okay. Uh, thirdly, I think we have Anis Bezwidan, uh, you know, and he won the Jakarta uh, elections in, in 2016, and you know he is uh, uh, the governor there. I think uh, the problem with with his role is that he's largely supported by Islamic mass groups and uh, even the banned uh, FPI of Islamic Defense Front. So I think that might be a little bit detrimental to his overall image. Uh, these are, I mean, these are the potential candidates, and you know they might insert their their influence in the uh, Indonesian po- uh, politics at some point. Okay. Dr. Felix, let's talk about Thailand. Mm. They've got general elections in May next year. Mm. Right, Chanocha, looking to remain in power, who are some of the prominent people that are going to fight against him? Mm, definitely. I think it is well known that you know, Thai Prime Minister Prayut Chanocha wants to rule until 2025. And yes. I think given that he has, you know, been, his name has been cleared in uh, earlier this year, I think you know, he's he spent a very good chance of being the Prime Minister again. Uh, but you know, he, he, he definitely has the means and the capacity to perhaps you know, uh, you know, tweak the elections a little bit. But uh, I think importantly is, is one of the things that he's, he ha- there are you know, uh, you know, top in town that uh, Prayut might be leaving his uh, political party, the Palang Pracharat party, and joining another party as well. So there is not much of confirmation yet, but this jumping of ship, you know, to Mm. another political Mm. party might renew uh, support for him as well. I think his main opponent, you know, would be from the Perthai party, 
which was formerly, you know, uh, tucked in, you know, what's, uh, you know, extension of his Thai party. So I think uh, that is the biggest opponent and has consistently been one of the biggest uh, uh, political party or opposition political party there. Uh, I think uh, right now we have talked that uh, the daughter, the youngest daughter of Taksin, uh, Pei Tong Tan Shinawat, yeah. is expected to run under the party, although uh, not much has been revealed uh, from her Thai at all. But uh, there is there there are lots of support for her, except for probably in Bangkok and the <laughs> southern region of Thailand for obvious political purpose, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, because uh, there wasn't support during Thaksin's time at all. So I think you know that is a situation that we might see uh, in uh, Thailand in next year. The general election is going to you know heat up, you know, as we uh, lead up to May 2023. Mm. Dr. Felix, this is a bit of a student-to-teacher type of question, something I'm very curious about as a political observer. When you look at these headlines from around the region, do you guys like try and look at a trend as to how you know these political events are shaping the political scene for 2023? Is this something that you guys look at? I think, yeah, we, 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 we will look at the, the, the situation, the context of, of the country itself, you know, um, where it has come from, the historical perspective, you know, uh, leading up to it. I think we need to we need to understand the the framework uh, of these societies and how they are like, you know, in order to assess the trends uh, moving forward and who are the more influential characters uh, okay. participating in, in, in politics over the years. I think these are very important as well. Mm. And then when we look at, you know, the issues that, well, sad to say, need to be resolved, maybe can't be resolved in 2023, are we already assuming and defining 2023 as the year we need to deal with inflation slash recession? <laughs> I, I think, uh, again, because there, are, have been, there have been a lot of talk about yeah. you know, inflation and about recession in the, coming, you know, in the coming year, I think we have seen the trend, uh, the, the economic trends itself. So I think, you know, that will definitely influence the way, you know, that things are going to be like in 2023, or at least having a semblance of how it's going to pan out, you okay. know, in the coming years and in the coming months, uh, uh, and who, you know, would likely be the best, uh, you know, best man or best woman or best party uh, that will be able to mitigate the situation and resolve the crisis, you know, if it gets any worse. Mm. Just a final question, and, and this is purely an opinion one. I mean, we've talked about a couple of countries, Malaysia, Indonesia, and Thailand, with significant headlines to look forward to next year and, you know, that we've seen this year. For you, which country stands out the most? Which one's got you most interested in looking at 2023? Um, well, I think, uh, well, uh, well, besides Singapore, you know, which, you know, we are having a presidential election, you know, besides Singapore, I mean, yeah. I mean our closest neighbour would be see how Malaysia would stabilise. Okay. I mean, in terms of, you know, stability, uh, well, Malaysia would definitely be our closest neighbour and, you know, some uh, country that we will have to, you know, understand the climate, the situation, because it will affect Singapore eventually. Uh, that is uh, one. Uh, the other thing is, I think, Indonesia as well. Also, mm-hmm. our very close close neighbour and, you know, any form of instability there will definitely inevitably affect Singapore. I think these two countries would be the most important. Uh, the, the rest, I think, not that they're 
uh, not important at all. But I think uh, uh, they take on a different tangent mm. and uh, mm. they tend to move in a different direction. And the, the, the consequence or the ramification of it is a little bit uh, less severe, as you would uh, think about, than compared with Malaysia or Indonesia. I'm sure a lot of uh, Singaporeans will agree that it's never boring when we talk about Malaysia. I've been speaking <laughs> with Dr. Felix Tan, political observer, Nanyang Technological University. Thank you so much for your time this morning and happy new year in advance. Happy new year too. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.